Welcome to the Glow Up Girl podcast. I'm Kyra Mitchell Lewis, and thank you for joining. Hope everyone is doing well out there and taking care of yourselves. Today, we're talking about social anxiety. Do you know what social anxiety is? Do you know what it looks like to someone who might struggle with it? You may think that those who suffer from it are just shy or maybe awkward in social situations. Well, that's not true at all. Social anxiety disorder is a mental health condition. It is an intense, persistent fear of people feeling like they're being watched and judged by others. Those who struggle with this condition can have it affect their work, their school, or just normal daily activities. My guest today is Hannah Pillow. Hannah will join me to discuss her personal journey to overcoming social anxiety, and she'll also share some tips for anyone out there who may be struggling with this as well. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. podcast everyone I am Kyra and today I am joined by Hannah Pillow she is host of refreshingly human and also she is here today to talk to us about overcoming social anxiety so welcome Hannah to the Globe Girl podcast hi hi Kyra and thank you for having me I'm so excited about the show <laughs> Yes, yes. So, well, let's go ahead and get started. Um, let, before we dive into our conversation, I'd love for you to um, tell the audience about your journey and a little bit about how social anxiety has, you know, affected your life. And then you go into helping others um, to overcome it as well. Yeah, for sure. And I love that you start with the journey there because that's what it is, right? With social yes. anxiety, it's such a journey. Mm -hmm. And I was actually thinking about this earlier today when I was out on my walk and I was just thinking like, oh, what am I going to say on the show today? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, if I have to like backtrack all the way to my childhood, Nobody is born with social anxiety. We're not born with it. You know, um, yeah. from, from the young age of like, zero to maybe six or seven mm -hmm. we're very much kind of living with our unconscious mind uh very active at that age you know we're not really mm -hmm. so conscious about our conscious mind at that time so right. we might be a lot more confident we might be a lot more free mm -hmm. and I know for me that was my journey I was um I was an open kid I was uh, mm -hmm. very confident I talked a lot I like to say that exactly as I am now is how I used to be <laughs> before I was <laughs> you know before the world hit me <laughs> and yeah and then I guess like a lot of events happened in my life slowly and this is the thing with something like anxiety or social anxiety it kind of creeps up on you mm -hmm. over a period of time it's not like like with my experience, it wasn't like just one thing that was like bang and like, oh, all of a sudden I have anxiety. It was, right. yeah, it was a build up of like so many things. And I guess, of course, the first one for me was when I was six years old, I lost my dad. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that that special relationship between a daughter right. and a dad is just mm -hmm. something, something else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and contrary to what a lot of people believe, 
you know, some like a lot of people say to me or they think out loud and they say that, oh, you were six. You probably don't remember your dad because you were so young. Contrary mm-hmm. to that, I actually remember my dad really, really well. And I have mm-hmm. so many fond memories of him. And I actually am very conscious of the effect that his death had on me after that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so of course, one of them would be anxiety because if you lose something that's supposed to be with you forever, you know, you, right. you don't think you're going to lose your parents unless they're like yeah. really old, right? right, right. <laughs> you yeah. think you're going to have them in your life forever. So to lose something that you think is so permanent in your life at such a young age, it triggers a distrust in, I guess, in the universe to begin with, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, you're kind of like on edge all the time, like something right. bad mm-hmm. is always going mm-hmm. to happen. Mm-hmm. because the worst thing just happened to you <laughs> right right yeah um, and and yeah I, I would imagine too there's a you know the feelings of like why and you know what can happen you know what's going to happen next or you just sort of um leaves you like feeling unbalanced you know totally would, yeah makes you kind of feel like if that happened what else is going to happen to mm-hmm. me Kind, you know, you you kind of you you're very much shaken up at that that stage. And yeah, the big question, why, you know, yeah, why, what now? There's so many questions that come about with that. Mm-hmm. So, um, for people that may not know, um, what what does social anxiety? What does it look like? Um, yeah. So I'm gonna just skip ahead the, to my journey to where actually like social anxiety started to creep into my life and what what it looks like so in the cultural setting that I grew up in there's a lot of things that were said to me while I was growing up and I believe like a lot of us might have this you know we might have these noises in the background saying things to us that unconsciously kind of log into your brain and it's kind of like for me the the messages I was getting were you too loud you too rowdy you too Mm -hmm. you know you're not um you're not woman ladylike enough you're Mm -hmm. not you know you're Mm -hmm. not cultured enough and like these were the subliminal well not subliminal they're quite blatant but these are the messages I was getting yeah yeah and that for me personally it really started to trigger the social anxiety and for me where it stemmed from was the idea of what people think of me Mm -hmm. and that's I think is such a powerful you know, that that statement can have so much of power over you. Mm -hmm. So when you say what the social anxiety look like, well, personally, what social anxiety looked like for me was going out with a group of people, say a group of friends, even if it's like a really good group of friends that I love, Mm -hmm. it's thinking, what are they thinking about me? Mm -hmm. Did I say something wrong? Did I do something wrong? And if I did do something supposedly wrong, I would beat myself up for days about it. And I know, Mm -hmm. so I've moved from several countries. I moved from South Africa to Mm -hmm. Istanbul. And then I moved here to Manchester in the UK, where I currently am. Mm -hmm. And the social anxiety kind of like followed me along (laughs) into all the countries. (laughs) (laughs) Packed it in my suitcase and took it with me. You were like, come on, social anxiety. We're we're moving. (laughs) We're moving. Get in the suitcase. (laughs) 
I, I know I know we we're laughing about it, um, which I appreciate you having really being open and you know so honest about it. But like you said, as you move to different friend groups, did you continue to carry that sort of baggage with you and almost had the did you have the you have those same feelings every time? Absolutely the same thoughts, the same feelings. And when it became a true problem like for some reason when I was in Istanbul it wasn't like a huge problem I guess I was just having too much of fun (laughs) (laughs) but when I came to Manchester it started to be I guess like when I came to Manchester it was kind of like that oh I'm settling down now because I got married Mm -hmm. and you know it was like oh I'm settling down now I'm a grown-up now so Uh (laughs) so then I was like making trying to make solid connections because that's the type of person I am Mm -hmm. I'm not one to you know be artificial with anyone you know I like to form solid bonds but when you have social anxiety forming those bonds are a hundred times worse Mm -hmm. and more difficult than it is without the anxiety I I met up with some really amazing people earlier on in my life in in Manchester, but I had such a distrust in both myself and in other people. Right. It took me a long time to realize that these people are truly my friends. They didn't have an agenda against me. Yeah. Yeah. And I will I will say it also took some therapy, but I I can get into that in a little bit. But it did take therapy as well. you know, your relationship with your husband when you met him, did you carry some of that over into, you know, distrust for him until, okay. How, (laughs) how did that, what did that look like in your relationship and how did you get past it? That is such a good uh, question, Kyra. Like seriously, um, Mm -hmm. the social anxiety with my current husband actually stemmed from, my relationship with my ex-husband. So I've been married twice. And I think a lot of people who might be listening to this might be able to relate that when you leave a long-term toxic relationship, you carry a lot with you into the next relationship. So I had had a lot of triggers Mm -hmm. when it came to to my current husband. And I would find myself like um, catastrophizing little things with him. So it's like I see that he's doing something really tiny, like or not doing something really tiny that I felt like he should be doing. Mm-hmm. And then in my mind, I'd be like, oh, this is going to happen in the long run. And this is going to be a disaster. And this yeah. marriage is going to go to, to shit. And I'm just like, <laughs> I just viral out of control. <laughs> and it, it, it was like that for, for a, a while in the beginning of the relationship. But after... I I guess like for me, what really helped with my current husband is that we do have a very solid ground Mm -hmm. as a relationship. And we also have very open communication between each other. Mm -hmm. And that was the thing that helped the most because I could, we we actually have the system in our relationship where, you know, touch on wood, we've never screamed at each other. You know, we've never Mm -hmm. like gotten verbally screaming or abusive with each other when when one of us gets mad we've actually without even talking about it formed the system that if one of us is mad we leave the other person alone until they Mm -hmm. calm 
and we talk <laughs> about it when they're ready. And that just mm-hmm. kind of came into place in our relationship. And it works for us so well because it makes my my home, our home, feel so peaceful. And mm-hmm. then I feel safe in this mm-hmm. home. And I yes. think that feeling safe is the best thing for social anxiety mm-hmm. is that you feel safe in your own home. And for me, that was the first part of my healing journey is to find a home that I felt safe in. Right. That's great. And you're, uh, and, and kudos to your husband um, for just understanding and being open to, um, you know, and understanding what you were going through and that not taking it personally, because yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of times people, you know, um, would, he would internalize that to be like, uh Oh, Maybe he's the one, you know, it's like flipped and he's the one saying, oh, my God, it's going to go to go to shit. <laughs> but, you know, through you having that system of open communication, which I think for any any relationship is key. I love that. I love that you um, guys just if someone's upset, you just, you know, like, let's take a break. Yeah, let's take a break. <laughs> let's take you know- a break. <laughs> You know, I mean, some people say that like, oh, never go to bed angry with your spouse. But you know what? I disagree. If you need to cool down, cool down. Don't yes. shout at them just to get your anger off your chest. Go exactly. to sleep, yeah. process yeah. it. And in the morning, mm-hmm. you'll be much in a much better place to talk about yeah. it. Yeah, I, de- you know, I definitely agree with you on that because it's so it's so interesting. Like when it comes for me personally, when it comes to like my personality is I'm somebody who likes to I want to fix things fast. Right. I want to, if there's disagreement, I'm going to go ahead and talk about it. I'm going to go ahead and get it out. Let's just fix it, whatever, move on. My husband's the opposite. <laughs> He's the opposite. And I see this, it's so funny because like, um, like my, my, my sister and my husband, like they're both, their, their birthdays are probably like 10 days apart. They're both like Capricorns and they are both very similar in the sense of like, if they're upset or we've had a disagreement, they may not want to talk about it. They want to go off. And I used to be with them. I would try and fix it and go, no, no, no. Let's just talk about it. Let's go ahead and get it out. And then they would be getting more upset, you know, as I was trying to like, you know, I'm like, no, no, no. I'm just like, I just want you to hear my side. And just, yeah. I, I, you know, they were like, I want to talk about it. Like, I just want to talk about it. And so now with both of them, you know, with my husband, either way, like if I sense that, you know, if we've had a disagreement about something, then I just come and sit and let him have his time and even though on the inside like it's <laughs> killing me it is literally like on the inside I'm just like I mean we could just go ahead and talk about it because I already know like we could fix you know but now yeah. I've just learned to take a step back and then when he's ready he comes and we have a discussion or sometimes it's something that may have seemed big to me but for him he's like well, it wasn't really anything. That's what I was telling you. <laughs> <laughs> Just had a crop day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it was like nothing. I told you it was nothing, but um, but I do, I just, I, I like that. And I think that's a really good idea. And I do agree with you. Like if you have to go to bed and maybe not mad, but maybe just in a disagreement for the yeah. night to just calm down. Like, yeah, I agree. You should just go to sleep to it you know in my last marriage I could not go to sleep like you I was actually just you what you said reminded me of my past self like I could not go to sleep 
if I was angry with my ex-husband, like I would toss and turn all night. Yeah, yeah. Um, but with my current husband, even if we have a disagreement or if I'm angry with him, I'm like, damn, I need to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just switch. Off. Yeah. Now but, I'm like, I'll see you in the morning. Right. <laughs> and I think that comes from a sense of security with your partner because you yeah. know that you're gonna resolve this and it's not gonna yes. be like the end of the world if we yeah. don't resolve it right now yeah. Um, yeah so for me personally that's because I'm so secure in that relationship yeah yeah no I can agree with that I think yeah. that there's definitely a difference um like my husband and I've been married 16 years and I think there definitely is a difference in how when we were younger and married early on how we responded to things how I responded to things and now like at this stage it's like if we have a fight, we have, fight, you know, like we disagree, disagree, because guess what? Um, we'll be here tomorrow <laughs> and we'll talk about it. You know, we'll talk about it tomorrow. And it's not that feeling of, I think when you're younger and you're younger, like new in your marriage, you feel like everything can lead to an end. So <laughs> yeah. You're always like, <laughs> wait, you, I didn't say trash out. What? 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 <laughs> so you're always just like, you're always on like some sense of being on some type of like edge. And especially like when you're younger and you get married and you're not, you know, but now like being older and just being knowing each other for so long. So, well, it's like, eh, it's pretty easy. I know what you're yeah. thinking. But I'll let you I'll let you go over there and sit it out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's so true. Wow, 16 years. Congratulations. Um my, <laughs> mine's is just, I mean, we've been married for three years together for about six years, but I always tell them it seems like forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what we are. I mean, like this year we are going into 21 years together and 17 married and I'm like oh my god I feel like I've just been with you like forever at this point (laughs) but definitely want to see many many more and many many more wish many many more for you and your husband as well bless yeah oh my god so I actually wanted to go back to um my my friends here in the UK because I think that um that when we're talking about social anxiety I always think about my current friend group and how it started and what that looked like for me and and how that transgressed to becoming one of the most solid foundations of a relationship in my life outside of my marriage okay and yeah so it it started with like a a group of ladies we call ourselves late the ladies (laughs) (laughs) you know it's like it sounds like I'm in high school you know we're a girl gang or something Nice. <laughs> yeah it's do you, with. do you have matching jackets oh gosh I'm gonna get those right with like the bling on the back exactly <laughs> the ladies the ladies oh my god I'm so doing that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it started with the three of us and mm-hmm. we started hanging out a lot together in the beginning and they all are such amazing human beings like each one of them individually has just such amazing traits to them. And so, so like some of the most big, biggest hearted people I've ever met, you know, and so pure and just so honest. But at the beginning, I, all I could think about was, am I the, you know, am I the least like person in this group? That was so important to me mm. for some reason. Like, do they do they like me the least? Am I the least important person here? 
And I felt uh, I made myself feel insignificant in that group with the thoughts that were coming up. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if you can relate to this, Kara, but like woman friendships tend to be a bit complicated because we, we I, I feel like we, well, from my background, I come from a background where I've always been compared to other people, especially my female cousins. So I've always mm-hmm. been compared to them mm-hmm. in the standards of who's more intelligent, who's more uh, mm-hmm. beautiful, who's thinner. Right. And we've been compared in that way. And I kind of transferred that onto my friends. And I was like, I had so much in similar, so much in common with these girls. But in my head, I'm like, oh, she's got a better sense of style than me. Oh, she cooks better than me. Oh, she has more friends than me. And I was like tallying up all these things. And I started making myself feel like, well, they all better than me. And mm-hmm. like, who am I <laughs> at oh. the end of the day? Mm-hmm. And I really made myself feel really small. And um, I couldn't trust them. And I couldn't trust myself because I felt like I felt like they were competing with me. But nobody was. It was all in my right. head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, it really affected me to such a point that at some point I actually stopped wanting to go out. Mm. You know, there was um there was a long period in the UK where I just would spend endless weekends just not wanting to go anywhere and not wanting to do anything and just blocking people out. Mm. Um and these friends stayed in my life throughout that, you know, they didn't go anywhere and they didn't like phase me out of the group or anything like that in fact what actually happened was they became more involved in my life mm-hmm. and I remember one of the turning points was my first birthday with them they went out of their way to plan a surprise party for me at our <laughs> oh. our local pub mm-hmm. and they got decorations and uh, we even got the DJ to play my favorite music which was uh, very corny Britney Spears from the 90s <laughs> 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 and, and I guess I was like so overwhelmed by that gesture from them mm-hmm. that they did that for me that I kind of decided that I wanted to work on my social social anxiety mm-hmm. because I realized that these these people were valuable to me and I didn't want to have these thoughts and feelings around them. I wanted to feel secure with them and I wanted to right. trust them mm-hmm. and I wanted to trust myself. And yeah. so I actually went into therapy for this with this indirect intention in my therapy that I want to tackle these thoughts and feelings so mm-hmm. I can be secure in my relationships with these people and I can tell you that the one thing that really began to help me to get over that was the statement that well not the statement but just like the thought that say we all go to a party right Mm -hmm. say you and I bunch of people we all at a party Mm -hmm. and everyone's having a good time and at the end of the day everyone's going home and everyone's having the same thoughts they all thinking, what did I do? Did I say something wrong? Did mm-hmm. I do something wrong? But nobody's thinking about, oh, she did it. Oh, Hannah did this. No, everyone's not going home and thinking, oh, Hannah was, um, right. you know, she was the horrible person tonight. Oh, Hannah was like this. Mm-hmm. So they all most probably thinking about themselves. Mm-hmm. And n- this information really helped me to realize that, wait a second, let me step back from this. Mm-hmm. And let me think about 
what did I think of the evening instead? Did I have a good mm -hmm. time? Exactly. Did, did yeah. I make good connections? You know, mm -hmm. um, and then so I took it a step further after that. And with the people that I really value and <laughs> some of them who will be listening to this can actually uh, can actually <laughs> know that what I'm saying is true. Uh -huh. But with the people that I actually value and want to keep in my life, if they do say something to upset me mm -hmm. and if I say something to upset them, we communicate. Mm -hmm. We always communicate. So with that in mind, I no longer get this anxiety that, oh, what if I said something wrong? Because I have this open communication with these people mm -hmm. where I'll go back to them and I'll be like, did right. I say something wrong? Can we talk about this? Mm -hmm. And if you have people in your life that you can, you have circles of people in your life that you can be so open and honest with, that social anxiety is going to melt away. Mm -hmm. Now, when you were um, going, when you first went into therapy, um, did you talk to your friends? Did you talk to the ladies about what you were experiencing and that you were going into therapy um, to work on it first? So um, the thing is, we all did speak about what we thought. So we all had similar mm -hmm. thoughts and feelings, oh, wow. uh, yeah. which was interesting. So yes. we all did speak about this. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think I did tell them that I was actually going to therapy to deal with it at that mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't tell them that, but we did openly speak about that. Okay. Oh, we were feeling insecure about so wow. yeah. this, this or the other. Um, yeah, I guess I never went into too much details with them about like, um mm -hmm. what right. I was thinking right exactly yeah um I felt like that was something I needed to process on my own I needed to mm -hmm. understand it in my brain first before I could say it out loud to anyone because I didn't even know where this uh jealousy was coming from where this right. com comparing mentality was coming from I had to like process it and understand mm -hmm. it myself before I could say out loud out loud that oh I was jealous of you for x y and z reason yeah. but now I realized that that was unnecessary. <laughs> right. Well, and also, like you said, you had to you you had to dig back in, into the past um, mm -hmm. at what happened to you when you were younger. You know, always being put in a position of comparison to other yep. cousins or people. So of course, that sort of that would linger, and, yeah. and you, you would carry that with you to think of like every time you're in a setting with women that people are comparing or, you know, and, you know, and the unfortunate thing is, is that sometimes that is happening, right? Um, sometimes that is um, the case, but I think that I love that your friends um, and you have a really open relationship mm -hmm. that you're able to just talk about these things. I love that your friends were even experiencing some of the same things and that you guys could just come together and say like, but no, there's, that doesn't exist. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> and and it, it's such a liberating moment to realize mm -hmm. that we all had the same fears. And then we like, okay. it kind of unified it like, oh, we, we didn't have to fear that, you know, we exactly. all were thinking these things, but we didn't have to yeah. fear it. And we didn't have to think this way. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was a really liberating moment. But I think definitely for me, um, communication and openness with the people I value Mm -hmm. is just so important for my peace of mind mm -hmm. and saying that there are people in my life that I can't be that open with um and I will say quite openly that those are not the best relationships in my life and mm -hmm. they are not 
most likely not the relationships I place the most value on either or spend right. a lot of time on. Yeah. But, you know, I, there is also something, like you said, that's very liberating, even coming to that place mm-hmm. in your life. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people, um, just from my personal experience and seeing, I think a lot of times people are working so hard to try and make relationships work when there has to come a point in your life that you have to choose the people that are choosing you. Yeah. And, <laughs> and well, th- those are the relationships that you should place yeah. high. Yeah, definitely. You should place them high. And I, I think it's, yeah, people who are choosing you, but also people, for me, it's kind of about people who are seeing me. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's a group of people in my life who look at me through the lenses they want to. So it's like what mm-hmm. they want to see, what they want me to be. And then there's the people in my life who see me as I am. Mm-hmm. And for me, the people who see me as I am are the ones mm-hmm. I hold true value for because mm-hmm. I can just be refreshing yeah. Anna with them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't have to hold back anything with them yeah. and the yeah. other people I have to maybe be a bit more careful around them mm-hmm. and it's it puts a strain on on the relationships yes that's understandable now um do you f- ever find yourself um slipping back into or having times mm. where um social anxiety creeps back in for you now um not so much no um yeah, I think I've been quite lucky with my journey mm-hmm. uh, in that uh, the tools that I've gotten to deal with social anxiety that mm-hmm. even if something peaks in the door, I can catch it mm-hmm. immediately and I can be like, mm-hmm. okay, let's process yeah. this. Yes. Let's talk about this mm-hmm. and let's, you know, so I guess it's like, for me, it's like developing the tools that work for, for you, mm-hmm. well, that worked for me that I could actually apply to my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like one of the biggest things I had to let go on, and it's something that's so much embedded in my culture is the whole thing of what do people think of me mm-hmm. and the realization that what people actually think of you is not a reflection of who you are. It's more a reflection of who they are. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. again, that's such a liberating thought to just yeah. keep in your mind. Yeah. Um, because you know who you are truly and I guess another thing that kind of definitely helped me is realizing like I grew up with this whole definite idea of a good person and a bad person Mm -hmm. so you know it's like oh a person does this and they are automatically bad Mm, and a person does that and they automatically good Mm -hmm. and keeping having those spheres in your life it kind of made me go through a long phase in my life where I was like, am I a bad person? Am I truly a bad person? Mm. And coming to that realization that, you know what, we all have good and bad in us. Mm -hmm. And it's what it's about recognizing those parts in us and recognizing which parts are more dominant and -hmm. what do we value, you know, not what other Mm -hmm. people say they value as good and bad, but what do we value? What do I value? What is Hannah? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. And just, I guess for me, it was like developing that confidence and that love and that trust with myself. Because if I couldn't do that for me, if I couldn't love myself, if I couldn't trust myself, I'm not going to trust or love anyone else. Oh, for sure. <laughs> cliche, so yeah. cliche, but you know no, what? <laughs> but it, it, you know, but it's so true. And uh, you can never say it enough because there's still a lot of people that are struggling 
Mm -hmm. um, to do that. You know, there's still a lot of people who struggle that don't know their triggers. Um, I would definitely say like going into therapy and um, just recognizing triggers for me is what keeps me, you know, like I'm like, ah, okay, not gonna, mm -mm, not gonna do that. Cause you start to recognize, recognize those things and you're able to put them like to the side and like, nope, that, you know, my therapist always says, just because you're invited to a party doesn't mean you need to attend it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, every time there's somebody that creeps up on one of the triggers then I'm like, yep, mm, invitation denied. You know, not not going to go to that party today um, because <laughs> it is about like, you know, it is about for me what gives me peace and what gives me um, balance, keeps me balanced um, personally. And, it, and I do agree with you, like just being your true like self. Um, I'm pretty much a person that's like, hey, you either like me or you don't. You know, I, I don't really don't really care. Um, mm. I, don't, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I, you know, I know that I'm a great, I know I'm a great person. I know I'm a good person. So it's like, <laughs> you can either, you can come on into this Kyra party or you can sit on the outside and go to that different party. So, um, but I think, you know, I think what you said is, is it matters and people can never hear enough about loving you first because mm -hmm. it starts there. If you don't love you, then you, no one else can love you. You can't love anybody else if yeah. there's not love for yourself. It's so interesting. Like, um, it's actually, I think, about a year ago or something that I came to the real realization that I am a kick-ass person and I love my personality. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and it was a really weird thing that made me realize that I love my personality. It was actually um, a TV show. Mm. Um, so... I'm always attracted to the very big personalities on TV who have a bit of an edge. You know, mm -hmm. like if, if I'm watching, um, let's give some common examples. If I'm watching Gossip Girl, mm -hmm. I was attracted to Blair. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. One Tree Hill, it was Sophia Bush. Um, yes. yes. Yeah. And then a very weird one was Bob's Burgers, Louise. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> And what happened was what my husband and I, we watch, uh, we watch Bob's Burgers. We used mm -hmm. to watch Bob's Burgers every evening before we go to bed. And one evening I was just like, damn, I wish Louise was my daughter. And my husband's like, you are Louise. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I am so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you just need so many years. <laughs> I guess like sometimes we have to see ourselves in, mm -hmm. in something else to appreciate who we mm -hmm. are, you know, mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's a different personality. It's an edgy personality, but it's not wrong. No. Yeah. Not, <laughs> yeah, not at all. And I, and I like that. I like, cause you just, it comes with just embracing who you are. Mm. And um, I used to always <laughs> say this to people and they'd be like, what? I was like, no, I just think I have a personality. It's where like either you really, really like me or you're sort of like, eh, I don't know. And they were <laughs> like, wow. And I'm like, yeah, it, it, it can be that black and white either. Like, because I think that, you know, I said, I think I'm pretty funny. So I make a lot of jokes and sarcastic, you know? So I said, but at the same time, you know, I'm also like, I just like, I have a good sense of humor. I like to laugh. I don't think that you should take life too serious because it's like, I told people at work, I'm like, we're not saving anybody's life today. Like, I'm not going to save a life. You're not going to save a life. So I'm not going to be in here stressing about things that I can't control and just 
I'm just going to do my job. And, you know, or it's just, you know, I think it just comes with up with, with evolving as people, because it's like, whereas, you know, in, when you're in environments and people are like tripping over themselves, like I see people tripping over themselves to like, see me, see me. I'm the smartest in the room. I know all this stuff. And I'm just sort of like sitting back, like, I mean, observing, and then I'll give an answer when I feel like it. And I'm just not the type of person that I don't feel like I have to like, I don't need to do all that. So if you can't see how, how fabulous this is, then you're just going to miss out. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And, and exactly what you're saying, like, okay, you might, so let, I'm just going to transfer that on to me, for example. So yeah, okay. I also have like sarcastic sense of humor a dark sense of humor mm-hmm. I love sexual jokes that's my thing mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um and yeah I I can I can have a very biting way of of, of speaking to people mm-hmm. but and that that's like the tv characters that I like are generally mm-hmm. like that as well but mm-hmm. on the other hand there's another side to it as well so there's a side that yeah I'm I'm edgy I'm sarcastic I like dark humor but I can love people Mm-hmm. When I love someone, that love is just humongous and the mm-hmm. things I would do for the people I love and the loyalty that I would have. So there's that there's there's a yeah. whole person there that has exactly. like so many things. You're not just one thing. You know, exactly. it's, yeah. it's, it's all those parts of you and the people in your life who love you and who value you. They love all those parts of you. Yep, exactly. I agree. I agree. <laughs> so um, can you tell us about Refreshingly Human? Yeah, of course. So yeah, Refreshingly Human is my podcast and I'm so excited about it uh, because we are we are doing such an amazing season that's coming up in the next season once the current one's over, which is actually called All About Sex. And I'm so excited because <laughs> that's like my thing. <laughs> I love it. Um, but basically, Refreshingly Human is a podcast to explore shared experiences and human connections and I love to bust stereotypes and to Mm -hmm. you know like what people say we should be doing and olden day sayings that we we sticking on to like going to bed angry not going Mm -hmm. to bed angry with your partner Mm -hmm. I love to bust those myths uh, in conversation and through conversation and the underlying thing is that I want to use stories to find that line of humanity because I think when we can't see people, when we can't see the color of their skin, when we can't see, we can't, you know, put a place to where they're from, mm-hmm. um, we lose all those uh, stereotypes that we attach to people and we can actually connect with them as a human being and mm-hmm. find that, oh, I relate to this person so much. And then maybe later on, you're like, oh, wait, they're from a totally different background from me, mm-hmm. but they still have so much you can connect with right, without right. focusing on all those differences. Yes. I love that. And where can where can people find it? Of course. So we are on Spotify. We are on iTunes, um, all the podcast platforms, basically. And uh, I, you can go to my website, www.hannapillow.com. And I'm on Instagram as Refreshingly Human Podcast and on Facebook as Refreshingly Human. Awesome. So now we're at the point of the show where I like to do five things. So I like to ask five questions of the guests where it helps to understand a little bit deeper the inner workings of Hannah's mind. So um, first question is, um, how do you start your day? Oh, okay. Yeah. So I like to start my day with a cup of coffee because I do not function that. But actually, (laughs) I have 
I have a solid skin routine. So that is actually how I start my day is with my skin routine, nice. uh, which I actually developed in this whole lockdown situation. Uh-huh. I started buying like so many skin products, the skin <laughs> routine uh, and a quiet cup of coffee and too many daily planners to plan my entire day. <laughs> like seriously, more daily right. planners than anyone needs. Yes. That's how I start my day. <laughs> I love that because I have too many planners and I'm like, well, this one's for this. And right. This, for this. <laughs> this one, this one I use for like, you know, other stuff. My, and my husband just always looks at me like, mm, okay. <laughs> this is my daily planner. This is yeah. my weekly planner. This is my weekly habit. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, this one's for the podcast. This one's for the business. This one is with my personal appointments. I got it. Sorry. I know what I need it for. Exactly. Um, What's a one positive affirmation that you speak to yourself? I guess for me, it's I am capable and I deserve this. Nice. I like yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. That's I good. think that those are two things that are just strong for me to just keep reminding myself mm-hmm. and keeping that confidence and that belief in myself. Okay. Awesome. I like it. Um, what's a one goal that you set for 2021? Ooh. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got some really wild goals that I set because I believe in yeah. shooting for the stars. So I guess one of them Girl, is <laughs> kitchen spirit, because I always say I shoot for the moon, shoot for the moon and I'll land among the stars. <laughs> exactly. But I guess one of them is COVID depending because I um yeah, because I really mm-hmm. want to give a, a TED talk. That's one of my dreams. Mm-hmm. But that's COVID depending, honestly. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing it online. <laughs> I need to be in person on that stage. <laughs> yes. And uh, another one, another goal is that I'm aiming to get on a specific podcast that I've had my eye on for a while and I'm going to get in this year. That is my goal. Right, girl, I like it. I like those. Are, I, I love those goals. And I love that you dream um, that you dream big because that's important. Um, definitely. definitely. I mean, I've got smaller ones that are probably easier to achieve, but I like yeah. to I like to keep the big picture in mind. <laughs> exactly. You got a vision, sister. Yeah. Um, so what's what? How do you like to unwind? Mm, wine. <laughs> <laughs> wine in your favorite shows, right? Well, yeah, wine are my favorite shows and definitely a long bubble bath, boiling hot, long bubble bath. Nice. And lastly, how do you end the day? Oh, well, usually with my husband in bed watching something and then just talking a whole lot of nonsense to him and falling (laughs) off to sleep. But yeah, you do. I mean, yeah, you sort of start talking random thoughts at night. Like, that's, I always feel like, um, Sometimes I'm like, go to sleep because you're asleep. <laughs> it's like, you are talking crazy. What you're saying makes no sense. Go to bed. And I'm like, I'm already in bed, but I wasn't asleep. I'm that person that's always like, I'm not asleep. I'm not asleep. I'm right. still up. <laughs> I know. And he's like, my, my husband says the same thing. It's like, that doesn't make sense. I'm like, that doesn't make sense to you. That makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> exactly. I know what it meant. So you're just late because you're not catching it. So Exactly. You just no. don't get it. <laughs> so I love that. Well, Hannah, this has been so great. Um, thank you for coming on um, and having this conversation and for your um, honesty and transparency um, regarding your um, journey with um, social anxiety, because um, this was this was great. 
Yeah, no worries. I love I love being refreshingly honest. It's part of my <laughs> brand. <laughs> yes. Well, I wish you all the success um, in 2021 and beyond. And definitely um, know that those goals are going to come true for you. And I hope that you will ping me and share as those things as you conquer those goals. Oh, definitely. Thank you. And likewise, I wish you the best with your journey as well. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And um, guys, stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to the Glow Up Girl podcast. I'm Kyra. Thank you again to Hannah for joining me today. You can learn more about Hannah at hannahpillow.com and also check out her podcast, Refreshingly Human. Find out more about Glow Up Girl at glowupgirl.com and follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. We're at Glow Up Girl and also on Facebook at Glow Up Girl ATL. And before I go, as always, I'd like to leave you with a little glowspiration. Today's quote comes from Pastor T.D. Jakes. We have a tendency to want the other person to be a finished product while we give ourselves the grace to evolve. Until next time, stay focused, fab, and glow up. Take care, everyone.